Well, good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Uh, This is a day in which we need to constantly affirm our love for and our dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We welcome you. I welcome you to the podcast today. Great to have you. And we're looking forward to looking into the Word of God for a few moments during this podcast to help us to make sense of this riddle that many people ask me, and that is regarding what to do with your sin after you're converted. When you've come to that point where you understand the gospel and you've trusted Christ as your Savior and you've put all of your faith in His finished work on the cross of Calvary, uh, the reality is that the next day when you go out that you're going to sin. That's just the way things are. We live in these bodies of fallen flesh and we're we're subject to its cravings and its lusts of the flesh and it's difficult for us to break away. That's one of the things that's going to make heaven so wonderful that our existence in in eternity with our Savior will be such that we will be just like him, freed from our disobedience, freed from our rebellion and being able to live in the joy of our forgiveness and salvation completed where we're glorified and free from it. Uh, But we've been looking at this, began talking about it on the last podcast regarding uh, what we do with our sin, how to handle sin after we become believers in a God-honoring way. Uh, Because I mentioned to you that it does hamper fellowship. Just because you put your faith in Jesus Christ does not mean that all of a sudden you're free from temptation, free from making the wrong choices in life. And we need to be able to deal with this in a right way because it literally is death to a believer. It is death to your relationship with Christ. That's why there is such a radical transformation and change that comes from somebody who legitimately puts saving faith in Jesus Christ. There is a change that happens. There's this sanctifying, this setting apart that God does in your life. If there's not been any change after you prayed and asked Christ to save you and you submitted to Him, if your life continues in the same old um, rebellion that you had before you came to Christ, then there's a chance that you probably weren't genuinely saved in the first place. And I'm not, I don't have any uh, interest in, in causing doubt, but I do have interest in being uh, genuinely assured, not falsely assured, of your salvation. Perhaps somebody asked you to pray a prayer at some point in your life when you were confronted with the gospel, and you thought, well, if all it takes is saying a prayer, then I'll do whatever it takes to be able to have this nagging guilt and concern and burden on my shoulders taken away. So um, they say a prayer, and then they continue living the same old um, unregenerate, lost, rebellious, sinful lifestyle, and they wonder why they can't find victory. I'm telling you right now, as you listen to this podcast, that's not God's intention for you. Now, I mentioned to you that when you become a genuine believer, you want to handle your sin in a God-honoring way. Sometimes that's not addressed correctly in the church. Uh, Sometimes people think that security and assurance of salvation comes through doing things at the church, teaching Sunday school or cleaning the church or some other activity, and we substitute activities for a right relationship with God, and yet the sin continues to multiply and build up in that person's life, and they wonder why they can't seem to get any victory 
in their walk with Christ. And I assure you that every time somebody comes to me with that as a pastor, this is one of the first things that I ask them, and that is, how is your daily confession of sin going on in your life right now? Because it's essential. And I mentioned in the last podcast that it's so important to acknowledge that you do have sin, that 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 is exactly what it is. It is sin. It's not a mistake. It's not a slip up that you acknowledge and call it what it actually is. It's rebelliousness against the living God. Secondly, you have to confess that sin to the Lord. First John 1 9 tells us that constantly. You have to verbally agree with God. You got to call it out. You got to confront it as to what it is because you don't want to conceal your transgression because Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says you will not prosper. So confess and forsake, that Bible says. In other words, don't make provision for yourself to go right back into that sin all over again. If you have a problem with drunkenness, why in the world are you picking up a bottle or, or laying it up in your house? You need to go outside, smash the, smash the liquor, get rid of the alcoholic inebriating substance, and get rid of it. No drunkard will go to heaven. You got a problem with, with uh, being... Uh, 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 tempted by cigarettes or by gossip or by uh, whatever it might be in your life. Don't make provision to give into that by making a plan to fall once again. Folks, it's essential. It would seem to make sense. It's like a no-brainer. But there are people that I've, I never cease to be amazed that will prepare for the very next sin. It's just perhaps a keyboard button press away. Oh, I'll just erase my history. Or maybe not, because I need to remember that site. Listen, dear listener, I promise you today, you want victory over sin. You want a great walk with the Lord. You cannot make provision for your flesh. You need the, the, the internet and your computer are one great big temptation. Uh, We understand that when we become believers that we are forgiven of our past sins, including those you don't remember. But we need to make sure to confess recent sins and then forsake them with as much as within us lies and asking and begging the Holy Spirit to help us to be wise uh, regarding that confession of sin. Remember, don't forget, listener, God has seen you at your very worst, and He loves you, and He wants your spiritual best. His arms are all wide, always wide open. He, he presents that to be so in the Scripture. He invites you to come to Him with confession and repentance, but this is not let's make a deal. He'll meet you with grace and forgiveness, but don't expect any long-term victory if you don't are, are not honest with God and come and confess what it is, then His grace and forgiveness can be yours. Uh, let me suggest third to you that part of your admission and your confession is exactly this, genuine repentance. Not a begrudging or some kind of flippant admission of wrongdoing, but genuinely an expression of brokenness and your guilt, a real heartfelt desire to do what's right and to change your life. Get rid of those areas that are going to hold you back and provide a place for you to sin again. 
Um, because if you admit, uh, you might have admitted something, but you confessed nothing when you did that. And last of all, let me suggest to you that there is a place in the family of God and in the church that you attend that hopefully you're a part of to confess your sins even to others. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says this, and you ought to be careful uh, in those kinds of confession. Um, you want to uh, you want to confess your sins to those who love you and are concerned about you and aren't going to use it as a weapon against you, those that you have confidence in. And it may not speak, it may not include you standing up and publicly declaring before the entire church body what you've done. But it does mean that you would only share those details as is necessary and is uh, accountability and for your accountability. God has no problem forgetting details in your life, one man said, but people do. So don't etch on their minds what will be hard or impossible for them to shake. You make that peace with God and then go to those for accountability that will help you. But once confessed and repented of, put that sin away from you. Psalm 32 and verse 2, the Bible says, Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. I want to challenge you to make sure that you bury those sins in your past that you've committed. There are some people that don't feel like Christ has paid at all, so they have to dig up the old sins from the past and beat themselves around the head and the shoulders with it to make themselves pay. Do you believe that Jesus paid for all your sin? Then quit resurrecting the, the, the ugly junk in your life and, and believe that the blood of Christ has clarified um, cleared away all of those things that would hold you back. Forgetting those things which are behind, Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, and pressing toward what is ahead, I go forward, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 29, 6, An evil man is ensnared in his transgression, but a righteous man sings and rejoices. Are you secure in the love of Christ today? Handle your sin in a God-honoring way. Call it what it is. Repent of it. Come to Christ and experience the forgiveness that's in Him. In that alone, you can have that oneness with God and enduring happiness. Walk with God today, will you? Confess your sins to Him, and He'll not forsake you. God bless you.